Welcome back, I suppose. I am delighted to announce that today's podcast is sponsored by the local town crier service, Town Square Space. I mean, I say that I'm delighted, but as you can imagine, I'm being less than completely sincere. Town Squarespace provides an all-in-one platform that gives you everything you need to announce your announcements or proclaim your proclamations. Who writes this stuff? Town Squarespace's professional town criers are at least 30% louder than any other town criers. Whether you're just getting started or are an established brand, our powerful platform helps your business grow. I remember when it was perfectly acceptable to announce your next genocidal plan by posting it on the local notice board, but apparently no one looks at notice boards anymore, so you have to pay a man to bellow in people's faces. You people sicken me. Back to the podcast. I have let Russ Morrissey and Peter Coffey out of the dungeon for a few hours. You're lucky you can't smell them. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morrissey's unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever. It is absolutely fantastic to be here. Hey, guess what? Yeah, what? We're not alone. Wait, they're all around us. My motion detector is pinging. Uh, what could it be? It- a oh. ghost! <laughs> <laughs> another, another human All being. Was playing... I speak to so few of these recently. <laughs> All those hours playing Phasmophobia have played off. Uh, it is all the way from the US of A. Uh, Diana Gator. This is Gator, oh. isn't it? Yes, 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 yes that's right. Diana Gator, you got it. Yeah, you are the creator um, of Neverland the Impossible Island, which. Uh, which I have now read and absorbed, and I can't wait to start talking about that. And also, you're a, a yeah. fellow podcaster, I believe. I am. Yeah. That's true. That's very exciting, actually. We we are we are just uh, celebrating our 50th episode, which wow. definitely nice. did not all come out like all at once. Uh, but we're we're about to have a big old party tomorrow night for it. <laughs> uh, uh, on the internet. Yes, a nice socially distanced party. Of yeah. course. It, it, it's the perfect nerd party. It's like, you know, a party for nerds. Yeah. We've, we've, we've all forgotten what world. real parties yeah. are like. I, yeah. I, I remember those. I like the camels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before we do the news, before we do the news, I want to quickly mention the big poll, the big podcast poll, which went live on Tuesday. Right. Ah, yes. On Tuesday. Is it a podcast to see which is the most popular and therefore the bestest? Uh, podcasts in the talk and the actual yes. play category. So we did get nominated in the end, just about, thank goodness. So I was a Woo! bit worried that we wouldn't thank be. But one of our listeners did nominate us, so we are on the poll there, along with, for the talk category, I think there's something in the region of maybe sort of 30 different podcasts. And for the actual play category, there's nice. sort of 70 or so. So uh, the results are hidden until the poll ends. Uh-huh. Yes. And then in two weeks' time, we'll be revealing the results exclusively on this very, very show. It's going to be exciting. We're going to count down, as we do every year, from yeah. 10 to 1 in yes. each of those two categories. I am super excited for it. And what I'm also hoping for is that all of our listeners, this means you, yes, you, you were listening here, is that you will kindly vote yes. for us. Like, obviously, some people might then say that it was complete fix and that we won. But we'll know in our It would just be nice to have a showing, I think, is the thing. Get in the top 10 would be nice. Get in the top ten would be pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, we don't have to win. Just get in the top ten. Happy. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and where else are you getting all your news for RPG professionals? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, so the link will be in the show notes, or you can head over to EN World. Yes. There's two separate polls, one for the talk category, which is polls. news, reviews, discussion yes. about um, RPG topics. That's advice, what we're in. That sort of thing. Yes. So that's, yeah, yes. that's the category we're in. There's the actual play category, which is people who are actually playing games for your entertainment and delight. Yes. That's, and you should probably vote for stuff you listen to. So, yeah. yeah. Oh. And we will very, very yeah. much appreciate your votes, as would all of the other. Of course, vote for whichever one you think is the best, as long as it's us. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are many, many, many deserving, deserving podcasts on there. Every single one of them is awesome. Yes, yes. Rich would like to make the top ten. Um, he's adjusted his expectations from being number one. Um, I think that's probably for the yeah. best. Although, if enough of you vote, that could you could make the difference. Yeah. It, one vote could make the difference. Right then, let's dive into all the right. news. Let's dive, dive headfirst into the news from a very, very high diving let, let, board. Let's go full block, Brian Blessed, commanding the Hawkman uh, on the Gordon's say, alive! No, he said dive. Like, yeah, Gordon's life is just what? Uh, how he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> Gordon's alive! <laughs> it would be so sort funny if he does actually say that when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> we'll have to get him on, I ask. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's like much like Batman when suddenly it reveals that Commissioner Gordon is not dead. Mm. I'm sure I wasn't the only person in the cinema thinking, Gordon's alive. Anyway, RPG News. RPG News, I suppose you could talk about that. Yeah. Oh, did you get the stuff about DM's Guild? The stuff they about have, DM's Guild? Well, it's not. They've re released their guidance um, on what you can and cannot put in a DM's Guild product. I have not seen that. Have you got a link? I will suddenly have a I look at that. Link. Do you know what the changes are? Because it's quite long. Um, um, well,. The probably the most relevant things uh, they've they've had a lot of stuff all previously about you know you don't have artwork doing real or simulated sex acts uh, nudity or exposed genitals uh, extreme gore mutilation of body parts intense violence I mean essentially it's sort of going for sort of a vaguely family friendly version of D and D but previously that has meant that things like um, same-sex or genderqueer expressions of behaviour have actually been made off-limits by default. Right. But what, they, but what they've specifically got in a paragraph, which is fourth from the bottom, fourth is they've said... Bottom. Fourth from the bottom. So you scroll all right down. Oh, right, all right, gotcha, right gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Okay, a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the licence explicitly allows alcohol use, tobacco use, fantasy drug references, uh, references or non-explicit depictions of sexual behaviour, in written material can a semi-sex or genderqueer expressions of said behaviour. Mm-hmm. And it says depictions of physical illness, mental illness that are respectful, the dignity and personhood of real life individuals with similar illnesses right. are permitted. So, so that's all new, is it? Was that not there before? That is correct. Ah, okay. Or okay. at least that is my understanding of the situation. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, it is the, the the people on Twitter are very excited about these changes, therefore I assume there are changes. I haven't seen it before because I've never written anything for DM's Guild. Mm. And I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not a huge amount of news, but yeah, I think but it's it, But it is news nonetheless. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Paizo has announced the first standalone adventure for the Starfinder RPG. Nice. I didn't realise they weren't doing these, but apparently it's the first one. It's called Junker's Delight. Mm-hmm. It's coming out in August 2021. Quite a long way ahead. And it has uh, players salvaging the Stellar Flare, which is a lost science vessel. Ooh, it's for first-level characters. It will be twenty-two mm-hmm. ninety-nine, and like I said, it will be coming out next. Twenty-two ninety-nine. Huh. Hmm. Okay, so I guess there's 
a bit of a path going on. I'm sure. I thought they had released adventures. I guess they. I just adventure don't paths, recall any adventure paths. Mm. But uh, this is a this is a, a oh, standalone adventure. Sort of yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, midnight, mm. a D and D setting. We've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's basically the setting yes. which basically asks what would happen if uh, Sauron. Uh, I think. I think you'll find it's what would happen if I cannot believe it's not Sauron won the fight in totally not Middle Earth and um, has totally put the not even vaguely Nazgul in charge of everything. Mm. That one, yeah? Yeah, well, they've released set- some concept art. Nice. This is very early concept art. Uh, it was released on Twitter, Maybe. and it's just three pieces. Uh, yes. Black and white line art. Um, the first one is a, la- a lady with a broad-rimmed hat, descendants of the ancient Dawns and Sarkosans, both the Erinlanders are loyal to their own younger nation. Mm-hmm. And we've got a man with his head covered in a hood. Some Sarkozans of southern Erinland embrace the old way, living nomadic horse-riding bands. And finally, we have someone wearing what looks like a fur cloak in a a slightly um, Jon Snowy kind of way, uh, which is apparently the Dornish people. So, like, sort of like a big furry... Collar thing, yeah. Collar and stand aside. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so um, this is this is just some early concept art that's been tweeted about, and it's not an awful lot of it. And this whole thing is okay. it's going to be for D and D fifth edition, but it's some way off yet. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Uh, right. What else have we got in the news? Cobalt uh, Press Southlands. <gasps> yes. So this Ooh. is part of their Midgard setting, and it's in mm-hmm. Kickstarter, and yeah. um, they're kind of sending, and it's for D and D fifth edition. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of a sort of North Africa, sort of mythical Egypt-themed kind of setting, or inspired yeah. setting. Yeah, so it's got pyramids, and it's got deserts, and people with sort of Egyptian deity heads. You know, the way Egyptian deities tend to be... Um, Russ, you can only take so much of my money before I run out. <laughs> well, um, yeah. It's better to rush <laughs> off and get it quickly. It's done really well. The last time I looked at it, it was in the hundreds of thousands. It's doing really well on that Kickstarter, because Cobalt Press Kickstarters always do. Mm-hmm. Well, right, so they do really good quality products. Yeah. We should yeah. get someone from Cobalt Press in to come and say hello to us. That'd be awesome. Oh, we should do, actually. Pardon me. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, just cough there. Pardon me. Uh, there's also going to be a uh, separate collection of three adventures called Tales Beneath the Sands, which are going to be compatible with the Southlands, but specifically tied Ooh. to uh, a subsetting called City of Cats, which really sounds like your idea. Oh, come on. My wallet's just like, no, <laughs> why? Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah, so you know why I prefer fine. the City of Dogs. So. Yeah. The City of Dogs yeah, don't go to war with the City of Cats. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there really isn't an awful lot of news. Uh, sometimes, right? Sometimes. Oh, um, something that caught my eye, if mm. I may employ a very old expression that we used to use on this podcast, mm. is there was a Kickstarter, which I agree is not strictly within what we would normally talk about. But this one is called The Soul Survivor. Um, and not The Soul Survivor, which you might have misinterpreted me saying as, but The Soul Survivor. And what it is, if I'll just send you this link here, is it's uh, being produced in Brighton in the UK. 
And it's a Chinese mythology tabletop RPG game. Oh, Soul as in the Sun. Oh, I see. You're right. Soul okay. as in the Sun, mm. yes. Um, I thought it was quite interesting, partly because it's inspired by Chinese mythology, mm-hmm. um, where players share the role of the sun who was shot down from the sky, but also in that it's a GM-less RPG right. for three to six players. And similar to well, the ones we've had earlier on, it's uh, played using a deck of playing cards. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the, the Kickstarter, the product has actually been completed, uh, and it's been updated and expanded since its conception. So this is actually just, uh, raising funds for the print edition. Okay. Game. Yeah. So, um, how do I say? It's, uh, actually funded, which is pretty good. So, uh, you've got until, uh, December 15th, 12 a.m. UTC sure. to get in on that. And that is, uh, a solid £10, which, um, I back myself and look forward to giving it a whirl at some point. So, Peter, how many alien marines can you uh, can you name? I know I've asked this before on the podcast, but it is relevant for oh, the next news item. Obviously, Hudson. Yes, one then. <laughs> Vasquez. Two. Um, Apone. Three. Um, I think there's a Drake. Mm-hmm. Four. Okay. Who's the one that's always shouting "Game over"? That's Hudson. Is that Hudson? Mm-hmm. Oh, who's the one that's five then? Hicks. Hicks. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't actually survive. No, nearly. <laughs> no, because so uh, by Alien Three, he's dead, isn't he? Anyway, the reason yeah, I he asked, gets killed off screen, which it I feel is like, you know, which is a bit, yeah. a bit rude, I thought. But then he does get to oh, appear right. in the Mandalorian many years later, so that makes up for it. Obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Free League Publishing have announced the Colonial Marines Operations Manual for their Alien RPG. It's coming out in March 2021. Despite you... not owning the RPG or knowing anyone who plays it or something, I am somehow mysteriously drawn towards <laughs> buying this particular product. Yeah. Who can say why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, March 2021, you can pre-order it now. Yes. Uh, and you can join with the core to see the stars and protect the Outer Rim. You get the inside story of the Colonial Marine Corps. And there's special mm-hmm. special rules, marine character creation, chapters on gear, and five missions for you to battle through Ooh, as well. Interesting. Yeah. Has it got pretty artwork released yet? Uh, it's got the cover release, which is kind of a silhouette of a colonial marine against a very bright star drop. <laughs> Such poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, sounds good. Um, and when did you say that was out? That was March. February next year. March next, March next year. Next but year. you can pre-order it now. And if you do pre-order it, you also get a, you'll get the PDF earlier, not yet, mm-hmm. but earlier. And you'll also mm-hmm. get a free PDF art book as well, exclusive only to pre-orders. Ooh, nice. Ooh. I'm going to try and find some more news. Dragon Turtle Games, yes. Cyberpunk 2185, as you know, they've been on mm-hmm. a couple of times. Um, I've announced a new RPG. Yes. With your favorite trend of attaching the word punk to different words. <laughs> This one is called Solar Punk. Solar Punk. Solar Punk. Being punk on the sun? <laughs> oh, I know what it is. It's basically, it's where everyone is a surfer dude, but also a punk. <laughs> Punks on surfboards. Well, if, this was, if this was the, ki- if this was the Kickstarter game, that would definitely be... A- well, that would definitely be a guess. A guess. Uh, so what, what this is, it's kind of, you know, like most... Um, uh, sort of cyberpunk stuff. It's this dystopian picture of humanity's future. Oh, this is the opposite. So the future is this bright utopia where humanity Ooh. seems to have solved all of its problems. Nice. But of course, that's not the truth. But Dragon Turtle Games isn't saying anymore 
beyond that. Right. So somewhere, somehow, that isn't quite the truth. There's something else going on. But the artwork for it is kind of like this bright, futuristic city with lots of trees and mm. the sun and bright blue skies. And uh, Well, it sounds like a pleasant change from the normal dystopia. Yeah. There. Have a bit of utopian. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know when uh, this is got, coming got, out. It's got shades of Demolition Man and City in the Stars. Mm. So, yeah, it's quite, quite, quite interesting references yeah. there. Yeah, maybe it's kind yeah. of like Demolition Man... Without the dark, well, it has got a dark undercurrent, but yeah, it, without the, it's got the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fun. I don't know when it's coming out. I presume yeah. because um, they usually do Kickstarters, so I presume that's going to be a Kickstarter sometime next year. I would yeah. guess. Yeah, but there's okay, no way to tell. We'll have to just wait and see. We will. Uh, we might be out of news now. We've done the news. That was short, wasn't it? Are you open? You're here, aren't you? Right. Right. I I need to buy some armour. Well, this is an armour shop. Uh, Indeed. Indeed. So, I'm looking for a new breastplate. Yeah, I can see why. What do you mean? Well, that one's a bit battered, isn't it? This breastplate has weathered the fiery breath of the Archdragon Nicodemus. And the rear-end droppings of the local seagulls, too, by the looks of it. Look here, shopkeep. Do you have a breastplate or not? Of course I have a breastplate. It's an armour shop, isn't it? If you say so. So, what size are you? Size? Yes, I'll need your size for your breastplate. Well, I suppose I'm about six foot two. No, I mean, what size breastplate do you take? Um, a medium? Nah, no way, you're a medium. Then why did you bloody ask? It's my job, sir. Anyway, if you look inside that breastplate you're wearing, it should say what size it is. Um, uh, so look here. Mm, uh, ouch. Ah, ooh, ah, right, yes, it's a size 47. Is that water deep or Cimmerian size, sir? Whatever do you mean? Waterdeep and Cimmerian use different size measurements. I need to know which one that is. Well, I don't bloody know. Look, can't you just give me a medium breastplate and I'll try it on? Try it on? Try it on? You have the mistake of some common boutique of adventurer's gear, my good fellow. This is Excelsior and Sons, the finest armour shop in the whole district. Well, just in the district. It's a competitive market, isn't it? Especially these days. Look, I'll just take any medium breastplate. Large, sir. Large, then. Just get me a breastplate. Fine, fine. How about this little beauty? It'll do. How much is it? Seven thousand silver crowns, my lord. Hmm. Do you do part exchange? Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. 
Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers yes. get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for, uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Hey, shall, we, shall we talk about Neverland, the Impossible Island, then? Oh, yes, let's. Since, since yeah. we've got you here, we might as well. I mean, it seems, seems, well, seems like a sort of a, a good, a good, good <laughs> a quite a coincidence. I just happened to have it up on my screen and you're here, so I figured, why not? Let's talk it about just, it. What a, what a happenstance meet just, cute just we've just that way. stumbled yeah. upon. Um, yeah, sure. I would love to talk about it. I mean, it, it's it, my passion project, my baby, my dream thing i don't know i don't know how else to describe it but i'm I'm very excited about it even still now that it's been a couple months that it's been out and uh still kind of nice it's like the the thing that i accomplished during yeah. the midst of all this which yeah. is like you know i didn't oh. think i was gonna accomplish much but but thankfully i did so yeah that is i suppose silver lining is definitely the wrong the wrong phrase to use when talking about this pandemic but there is one side (laughs) effect of the pandemic is i've I've had the same thing i've managed to make big big strides in my novel is that you do get more time to actually get this stuff done yeah which is which doesn't make up for the pandemic but no certainly not uh (laughs) yeah it's certainly a very well selling product i must say i mean what's it bronze it's gold Gold, gold. Now. It's gold. gold. Yeah. Gold. Yeah. Shiny, shiny Ooh, gold. I know. Amazing. I'm very excited about that. Uh, right. so, I don't know off the top of my head. How many sales, roughly, is that? Um, gold is 500. And it's, nice. I think sales under a certain amount don't get factored into that or something mm-hmm. like that because you can get yeah. bundled into. You can like get more really downloads tiny discounts so on that yeah. site. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so about 500 uh, and continuing, which is fantastic. I don't know. I never, I never kind of uh, dreamed that that would actually happen. I didn't realize, though, until I had published it, that like, mm-hmm. basically, there are a bunch of Peter Pan nerds like just all hiding quietly like in the bushes out there in in tabletop land and when I publish it it was like they all were answering like a beacon that I had put out into the sky and now my personal Twitter feed is just like mm. all about it's all Neverland. <laughs> yeah. Neverland I just didn't realize that I I was not alone in my secret mm. love of this uh this fiction. So oh that was pretty well, cool. So let's let's talk about that then. So what what is it about Neverland and uh and the sort of Peter Pan mythology? What is it about that that, that draws you which draws you in? So the thing that drew me into it is that I mean I loved the story in its you know, in its most 
basic form. Yeah, the Jay and Barry. The mm-hmm. well, the the Jay and Barry though isn't the one we get exposed to when we're young, right? We either see like Mary Martin's musical or we see the Disney version, like and that uh, yeah, right, like yeah. we, we see one of those, and they're both lovely and enjoyable uh the disney cartoon maybe should be set on fire but but they they have <laughs> nice they That's have really they're feel. nice for yeah. a kid you know it, it, yeah. it's joyful and there's songs and it's it's everything like that so i think that the story that we all get exposed to is like ha huh, i don't want to grow up Meh. and like like this sort of like uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, ode to childhood that is mm-hmm. lovely when you're a kid and mm. and then I remember that when I was I don't know a broody angsty teenager I went and I picked up the novel that had never been mm. read on my shelf the actual mm. J.M. Barry, and I mm-hmm. sat down and read it in one afternoon and was like I this is this isn't not the what I remember this story <laughs> yeah. to be and I it just felt like it was fu- so full of so much subtext and and the lore is deeper than what we get shown mm. and i loved that too mm. so like one of the things that i liked a lot is the way that jm barry tells the story of neverland is kind of like this what you didn't know that there's magic and fairies and he's yeah. kind of cocky about like this like mm-hmm. setting the stage is that everybody knows that everybody knows that neverland is a place everybody knows mm. that magic is real adults just don't care about it anymore because they're too busy being ridiculous uh, and i like i was very much drawn to that matter of fact way of of asserting that magic is real and mm-hmm. also like in doing so one of my favorite things about the book are these little like tidbits that he just throws in without elaborating at all. Like mm. in one sentence, he just sort of suggests that Peter Pan is supposed to be a ferryman for for dead souls of, of mm. children. And that he just throws it away in one little sentence. So yeah, yeah, everybody mm. knows that uh, there's a spirit of a young boy that takes uh, the souls of kids who've passed on to another place. And then he right, never yeah. talks about it again, never addresses mm-hmm. it, never elaborates, never confirms if that's true or not. Mm. Just kind of pops that in as mm. a, an idea. And that stuck with me. It was very much like this childlike version of Davy Jones. And I was like, well, well, why not? Why not make that Ooh. the canon? Why not make that true and yeah. uh, flesh that out? And and why not make Neverland a more real, living, breathing place that that people can Ooh. go to? Um, I mean, you know, in these games that we play, mm-hmm. where why not? And yeah. it, I also, I guess the 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 reason I wanted to do it in a tabletop gaming capacity was because I feel like it lends itself so well to a multiverse because it exists mm. on this separate plane. So like yeah, whether or yeah. not you're you're in the forgotten realm somewhere or if mm. you're, you know, playing a cyberpunk game set in, mm. you know, in yeah. 2030 yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, like uh, you can yeah. you, you can, can still, still justify yeah. going there because yeah. It exists separately, and uh, yeah. So, so anyway, what was the question? 
Well, well, it was basically, why is Neverland super cool in your opinion? And I think that's like a really good answer. Okay. But I haven't, I haven't read the original. I haven't read the original book. I've seen the cartoon, obviously, and I've seen things on TV, but I've never read the original book. So I'm kind of going off sort of what I've heard third hand. Is it fair Mm -hmm. to say the original is quite a bit darker than what most people have been exposed to? Uh, People like to say that, and I. I don't necessarily think it's darker. I think that it's Mm. deeper. I think that it's, I think that it is a story that tells, tells a lot of very grown up pain through Mm. the eyes of a child's storybook. But the basic story that I get when reading Peter Pan and, you Mm. know, forgive me, I read everything and I turn it gay, but I, when I read it, the pain of Peter Pan is is actually, it is very painful and mm. it is very focused on not growing up. But the things that Peter laments over and over again about not growing up is this resistance to being put in a box, this resistance right, to yeah. being defined as one single thing and having to fit into that structure when mm. it doesn't feel right. And I think that's something that's relatable to a lot of adults in a very, very Mm. serious way. Uh, Mm. I don't belong in this box. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't belong in this box. I don't Mm. want it. I didn't ask for it, but the world just put me there. Yeah, yeah. And um, But it's being told in this jovial, childlike sort of way. And I I think it's a very effective kind of like subliminal piece of the story that kind of gets told. Yeah. So do those themes, do they translate well into a game? Because obviously what you have here is a and d setting and a, and a short adventure. How, how, how do those sort of themes translate over into the actual game setting? Well, I guess, I guess the extent to which you can decide, just like with everything, the extent to which you decide to put these things into the game depends on, yeah. you know, the, the players. But I will say that every time that I've played in this, uh, without any influence from me as a GM, the players have taken it to that place (laughs) on their own. I feel like, you know, once you tell people that that's an option, like that this is a a way that you can play that setting, like they might, they get drawn to it anyway. Um, And just kind of planting those seeds lets people feel freer to go ahead and explore that theme within their own game. That's my Mm. opinion anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been looking through the PDF itself. So it's uh, it's only it's only five dollars from Drive Through RPG. So if if you're listening to this, you should jump out and grab it straight away because it's really you know it's only five dollars. It's only five dollars. So pick it up. It's what we so, would call a snip in the game yeah. world. Yeah. So it's a, it's about twenty five pages long, and mm. uh, basically you introduce the setting, uh, sort of different characters you can play, and then you have a short adventure at the end, which you can play through. So can we just sort of talk through, like, the, the setting as it works in the game? Because mm-hmm. sure. uh, as I understand it, you've sort of put some updated themes in there. And there's some, well, according to Christian Hoffer from comicbook.com, you've removed some of the more problematic elements. Would you like well, to talk about what went into the process yes. there? Yeah, I, I, for sure. When doing anything involving Peter Pan, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully everyone who does do this uh, takes into account the elephant in the room of the story which is uh the way that the like native american based stereotype 
characters mm. are portrayed, which is, yeah. like, you know, it ranges so forth, from is, awful to worse, uh, depending on mm. which version you're reading. And when I was considering it, I, I think I think I had a um, I had the opportunity to go with a blank slate because we're talking about playing an RPG and we're mm-hmm. talking about a place where all these fantasy characters are coming from. So what I decided to do was that uh, the people if I'm writing Neverland as a place where people go when they're being ferried to the you know afterlife or mm. if they're being brought there by Peter Pan, uh, there wouldn't be people like native to that place. There wouldn't be a uh, pre-existing people there. Yeah. However, people from all over would have wound up there. So you yeah, wind up yeah, with right. a just a, a diverse population mm, yeah, big, of yeah, people yeah, yeah. that are so, so all over the island. And and so that's that's one way we uh, I we there's no we I there's this no we. There's just no me you. in You're my room alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's one way it's, that it's, I, it's, a, it's a one person <laughs> band really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, although kept the identity of who would be Tiger Lily, but we just mm-hmm. took the the uh, honorific just off. Changed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but her identity stays the same to not take that away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so when you're when you're playing in this setting presumably you, you you said that you can start from outside the setting and get taken to the setting what, what sort of characters would you normally expect people to play in the sure, game? sure yeah so that's actually the way that i hope a lot of people use it i think it, it would be and i i know a couple of people have already done that to their ongoing campaign but basically you know it happens sometimes where players want to go after something that they're not ready for or Mm. they get absolutely trounced in a fight but you don't want to permadeath the party or uh, anything like that or even in a more narrative way if the players make a decision that they regret a lot and need Mm. some time to deal with Basically, the character of of Pan is one that appears in a in a time of desperation or a time of need, and says, mm. "I have a cool place we can go, yeah. and Come you don't me. have to yeah. deal with that." You go there, and it's an escape from your current problems, mm. but presents a whole slew of new ones. So it's a chance to maybe have an escape where you level up, but you're removed from the immediate dangers that you were exposed to, a chance to grow, a chance to maybe narratively reflect on the things that Mm. have happened in a storytelling way. And then once you solve that, solve the problem of Neverland, you can return back Mm -hmm. to where you were plop back down and because Neverland exists mm. out of all of that you could potentially plop back down right where you had left off yeah, uh, yeah. you know come back to the dragon now two three uh, levels higher and <laughs> uh, etc you know something like that yeah yeah so so when you, when you're sort of in this world I mean I, I assume most people have seen at least a cartoon or or, or, or something, but could you just sort of like briefly describe 
what the actual world of Neverland is, what it's like, what, what sort of things people can expect to sure. see. Sure. So Neverland is the manifestation of all of our collective imaginations. Mm. So, uh, and that's just not like me being a lazy storyteller. And I'm like, it's whatever you want it to be. Uh, it literally is what all, everybody in the world is capable of remembering, capable like of imagining. Like a Jungian collective unconscious sort of drive. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So... But Neverland in particular is is powered most by the people who are on it. Mm. And so when you have these, uh, and, and everybody probably remembers that in Neverland, your, your memory of things before Neverland start to mm. go away a little bit yeah. the more you stay there, which is what creates the weirdness of Neverland. The people mm. on it are powering what makes up this island but their memories of things are not quite right anymore so that Mm. you have things like blue trees and uh crocodiles the size of bunny rabbits and Mm. you know um it's sort of like a dream right the dreamers are here and are sort of controlling it a little bit yes exactly exactly people who can fly and right and that's where we get the figments figments are uh the creatures of neverland uh and they very much literally are figments of your imagination but they can certainly do damage to you and uh pose threats and things like that or otherwise could be companions etc and there is an an inspiration chart i have i have a couple that are that are statted out in the book but there are also other ways you can um use a chart to kind of roll up your own and it's you know basically Mm -hmm. like making little chimeras yeah Yeah. um taking the stats of one thing the attacks of another and the body of one and kind of jumbling them together to make these Mm -hmm. creatures that are not quite right they're not yeah. one thing or another. It's like sort of a, an interesting mm-hmm. hybrid of all of the above. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at some of the figments that you've got in here. So you've got never turtles, holdlings, uh, Venus Grick. Um, and then you've got stats for, you know, Tinkerbell and um, Captain Hook and all the, all the sort of major NPCs that I suppose you would expect to, yes. expect I, to see. I mean, the thing I have to ask straight away is, is there a stat for the crocodile? Yes, of course. The cro- croc is in there. Croc is, <laughs> yes, okay. croc is piv- yes. pivotal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds yeah. like that's worth $5 alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you know, never says crocodile chasing you. Tick, tick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the croc right now. Go on, Peter. Can you guess croc's armor class? Ooh, 19. Oh, spot on. <laughs> I mean, it seems logical. <laughs> yes, croc. Uh, I mean, it's, it, this, this croc is not to be messed with. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Croc is croc is the uh, probably the most the toughest thing yeah. uh, in Neverland. Yeah, and it 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 definitely uh, is a device yeah. to raise the stakes of mm. anyone attempting to you know the first thing that anyone this is a thing that i i came across in doing mm. playtesting of this is the second that you bring players to neverland and you're like you're in neverland now they're like i'm gonna mm. go fight captain hook that's the first thing i'm gonna do all right everybody <laughs> move aside but the croc is a very good device to mm. dissuade people from running right into that because yeah. as you probably remember croc mm. is hunting captain hook and yes. will always be there 
if you right, go yeah. after so if you go after one you have to be ready for the potential for both to be yeah, yeah. Yes. uh there yeah yes and yeah. it's always hungry mm. always hungry and always hungry. uh wants and likes likes uh, a particular flavor best and that flavor <laughs> is captain hook <laughs> Oh, yeah. poor James C. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so talking of adventures, then you've got one mm. adventure in here called Red Handed Jill, which I, yes. which I won't go into because it's because just in case yeah, players are listening and it was spoiler. But what sort of adventures would you sort of expect players yeah. to engage in once once they found themselves in Neverland? What sort of things oh. are they are they likely to get Sky's up to? The limit. Yeah. Sky, Sky is definitely very literally the limit. Uh, yeah. It's a flying game, but uh, mm. I think that. I think that this is definitely a game of want. This definitely is a game of wanting to uh, explore and discover. I mean, there are all these different factions in Neverland that you can uh, seek out, meet, and use to learn uh, secrets, uh, mm. things like that. Mm. And I feel I, this may not be the case for every table, but uh, in the tables that I've played at, that has been the thing that always grabs everyone. Um, yeah. Is going and trying to seek out all the different uh, people, find yeah. out as much information about Neverland as possible, and, um, and, and to ultimately make your way to uh, the Jolly Roger, <laughs> it seems yeah. like, yeah. Uh, is a popular, is a popular. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think you could really blend it in with like other system neutral settings like the Gardens of Inn or the library from Emily Allen and that would even make quite a good portal to get to the places uh, so especially mm. Gardens of Inn because that's, uh, that's also set in the same sort of time period of Victorian England. Sort of I don't thing, think so. we've actually mentioned it yet. Um, this is for D&D 5th edition. This is just, for Just in case the listeners were wondering. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah, we've actually mentioned it Yeah, so this is all for uh, D&D 5e. Yes. Yeah. This particular book. Uh, it has been adapted for Quest, which mm-hmm. was Ooh. lovely to see. And I am working on doing a quick adaptation of it for the Storyteller system, which is my favorite mm-hmm. system. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, I figure, you know, 5e just, it, it's accessible to the, probably the most people. Um, yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm not in these stat blocks as well. You've got an interesting little addition here. You have put each NPC's pronouns below their name, which I haven't seen before in a d I book. haven't either, which I thought, I, yeah. I thought was a little surprising uh, considering yeah. there's so much indie D and D content yeah. out there, but yeah, I mean, I, I figure if I'm including it for myself, for the people mm. working on it, why not just yeah. like also practice, include that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if you're the first then, or whether someone else out there has done that. Yeah. It feels I mean, like the sort of thing someone would have done, right? But that's, I, 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 yeah. I haven't seen it. Should have done, but it's first, first yeah, of all, yeah. I kind of was thinking the same I thing. Think you've got. You've got characters yeah. in Waterdeep Dragon Heist, uh, but I don't think, like uh, some of the drow there, but I don't think they've actually got the programs. No. So, no. Certainly not in the stat block, at least. No, no, we'd have no. noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Trendsetter. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, I'll take it. I, I, I will. <laughs> I will if absolutely it, take it. it. If, yeah. if, if this takes off and this becomes this becomes a standard way to display stat box, you can take credit for that. Sure. We'll yeah. back you up. You, you did that. Well, well, I don't know. I feel maybe 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 we should be taking some notes for uh, level up. Anyway. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for telling us all about Neverland RPG. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, to give it its proper name, Neverland the Impossible Island. That's mm. uh, really interesting. It is, it is, yeah, yeah. Can, can I just can I just ask you then, so sort of your own games that you've played with it, can you just, just for a bit of fun, what's, what's a sort of memorable or fun kind of thing that's happened in one of your own games playing in Neverland? Oh, my gosh. Oh, good question. Not to put any pressure on <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, so... Uh, in uh, one one of the games that I I played, the characters were I mean very drawn uh, to the small group of like fairies that are mm-hmm. that exist on on Neverland and became very involved there, Ooh. and we got to do a fairy ball, which is something that does happen, you know, in the original Peter Pan. Uh, that's something that we get a little glimpse of. So we got to really play that out. And there was uh, a like romance between a character yeah. uh, and like an ancient fairy queen, which uh, is not something I would advise uh, to a friend. <laughs> um, but it, it was just so <laughs> it was so funny and, and full of like, genuine heart and and rejection (laughs) and it was very good there is also pretty much in every time that i've played this there is always a there's always a falling scene it Mm -hmm. that happens at some point or another to a player because of the way the flying mechanic works there are ways that flight can fail uh you know in this game and usually everybody likes to get that out of the way by like, <laughs> just somehow it's the dice know that it's your first time flying and somebody needs to fall straight off the cliff. Uh, so there, there's that. Oh my gosh. Fighting, trying to figure out how to fight mm. or how to defeat some of the figments in Neverland. Especially mm. like there's, there's always, after you meet a couple figments and realize yeah. that they do not all act the way that you normally encounter them in the Forgotten Realms or et cetera. After a few of those encounters, there's always a fun moment where the players are, you know, introduced to, you know, a beholder or a, you know, a mind flayer or something and pause to look for an alternative way to deal with the situation because now they're thinking well this may not actually be what i thought it was uh this mm-hmm. may not be a uh, evil character that's out to to kill us right, all yeah. you know and to, to try to figure that out and then to sometimes be wrong and no it was just kind of gonna kill you <laughs> 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 you know so is this the expectation that people will play children in this or or was the option open to play adults also? Right. So I actually addressed that in the beginning of the book and I, mm. I, I have I, I do leave it open to playing the game as children. Mm. However, in my experience I've I've only had a small handful of experiences where people who had the idea to play children 
actually one do a good job at that two it doesn't get really weird really really fast uh and so what i did i the option is certainly there it's certainly something that you can do if you're gonna do it i think there needs to be a conversation that happens during session Mm -hmm. zero about like do Mm -hmm. we do damage to child characters or is Mm -hmm. it because like eventually combat happens yeah, Do we right. maybe take that off the table or have mm-hmm. it be non-lethal damage, whatever yeah. um, augmentation you want to set up. As far mm-hmm. as all of the NPCs are written as adults. So yeah. there's right. no reason that you have to play children in this no. game. Everybody yeah. you're going to encounter are adult-aged characters. Yes. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That's been an absolute pleasure. I've now learned... <laughs> I've now learned more about uh, Peter Pan than I ever thought I would. Uh, yes, that's, that's... I, I actually should. I actually should <laughs> seek out seek out um, the original and actually give it a, give it a read because I haven't I haven't yet, and I, I feel like it's one of those things that should by my age I should have read it by now. I should have done, but I haven't. Yes, you I, I think it's pretty good. I think you'll like it. Yeah, yeah. I, that is. It's a side effect. Anytime you meet me, you just you learn about Peter Pan. It's like a, it's yeah, a sickness. Yeah, you have to talk about yeah. Peter Pan. Yeah, it's compulsory. Oh, yeah. oh, I certainly feel better informed as well. So yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 Excellent. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real, real thank pleasure. Thank you. So, it has for me too. Thank you so much. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Uh, if we could just get you to say, uh, uh, hi, my name is Diana Gator. I'm the author of Neverland, The Impossible Island, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Uh, we'll write that down for you. I will write. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Fantastic. That, Thank chat. you. I was just like, oh, God, if I butcher <laughs> uh, the name of your own show, we've, what a We've terrible... done this before. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, we, we butchered the name of our own show many. If there's any comfort, most people don't get it right the first time, but it's usually their own name they stumble on. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was like, I'm a little concerned that I'm not going to say the title of my book correctly. Uh, <laughs> thing that Maybe has ro- happened. Take a second, write it down. It's okay. You, mm-hmm. you don't mind. <laughs>